0: Joe Pags show to talk to Joe call 888-941-PAGS and now it's Joe Pags. yes indeed glad to have you thanks a lot for stopping by there's a ton going on Janae Sergio bottom of the hour she's got quite a harrowing tale. was was out of the house at 16 like literally dropped off at a homeless shelter by her mother and then ended up uh growing into a a person in the Navy was fighting in Enduring Freedom, which is, of course, the the war against Afghanistan, and uh, and now works for the Air Force. I mean, quite a story of you can go this way, and your life's going to suck, or you can go that way, and your life is going to be an awful lot better. And I, I, I want you to listen to it, because I think that uh, what she has to say is pretty awesome. That'll be at the bottom of this hour. Make sure you stick around for that. We appreciate her stopping by. Also, I mentioned this earlier, Jeff Bezos is like calling out Joe Biden. I found this to be very, very odd, very interesting. And I wonder, what is what's is the move here? Because the Washington Post that Bezos owns is completely and utterly pro-Biden, anti-Trump. Um, this is not a guy that you would expect that would ever open his mouth with Biden. But I think a lot on the left are saying, oh man, we can't possibly keep on going with this guy. We're going to have to call him out and have to get some changes or else Trump is going to come in here and easily take things in 2024 on a Monday. That's a Motown Monday, Carrie. How you
1: doing?
0: I'm okay. Polo it done. Sam in the house. I mean, Carrie. So we're looking at what, like a day off or something, right there? When? Mm-hmm. Like the whole graduation thing? It's not gonna be some week-long thing, is it?
1: No, but I need two days next
0: week.
1: Why? You
0: go to the hangover. No. This week no. as well? What are you doing this week?
1: Did you not read my whole email?
0: No, because basically your emails come uh, up, they say, I'm you? taking days off, don't read me.
1: <laughs> no, you must read the emails all the way through. Come
0: on. Yes, too. you need a day off this week and two days off next week?
1: Yes. That uh, is for my son. It is not stupid. It is not your stupid. Your son called, he said, Mom yeah, he can take an hour off and we'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not taking an say, oh, hour off.
0: Uh, at the graduation. What are you, what are you, seriously, you got to come down from the from the drunk?
1: No. I told you there's a special um night for him on Thursday night this week. And then. He's got a
0: text from him. We've got a party. Please tell to her plan, to stop it.
1: And I've got people coming in. and Like your teenage son wants you to, to plan his party. Celebrate. Come on. Yeah. Well, that's happening. So. Great. Good asking email how he feels
0: about time. that. Yeah, you do that. 888 pags 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. I gotta tell you, I mean, the longer I live, the, the more I'm, I'm confused by who's on what side and who's doing what, uh, because Jeff Bezos, as far as I know, is not a Trump guy. We know that the Washington Post did everything they possibly could to stop him from getting reelected in 2020, and suddenly he's calling out Biden, and I don't know what it is that he's hoping to accomplish, because, I mean, him calling out Biden doesn't make me think he's conservative. But, uh, but he, he did just that. Uh, Carrie, if you don't mind, fill us in on what Jeff Bezos is doing and what we're supposed to think about mm-hmm.
1: this. From the blaze, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos slammed President Joe Biden on Sunday over the ongoing inflation crisis and for claiming he has personally lowered the budget deficit. Bezos, the third richest person in the world, took aim at Biden for contributing to the inflation crisis, which Bezos observed most impacts the least affluent. He was responding to a Twitter thread that itself criticized Biden for claiming he lowered the budget deficit. In fact, the administration turned tried hard to inject even more stimulus into an already overheated inflationary economy and only mansions saved them from themselves, Bezos said. Inflation is a regressive tax that most hurts the least affluent. Misdirection doesn't help the country. The comment was the second time in three days. Bezos publicly criticized the president. On Friday, Biden implied driving down inflation is somehow connected to raising the corporate tax rate to ensure that businesses pay their fair share. However, that claim, according to Bezos, needs to be reviewed by the Department of Homeland Security's controversial new disinformation governance board because there is no connection between corporate taxes and inflation. The newly created disinformation board should review this tweet or maybe they need to form a new non sequitur board instead. Bezos responded. Raising corp taxes is fine to discuss. Taming inflation's critical to discuss. And mushing them together is just misdirection.
0: I mean, we now know why he did it, right? Hmm. Because the administration's saying that people like Jeff Bezos aren't paying enough in taxes. Oh
1: yeah, not paying their fair share.
0: If we could just break down the whole fair share crap again, because I, I just love doing this, because it just makes people on the left crazy. Makes them crazy. The top one percent of wage earners pays 40%, almost 40 30 like 39 of all taxes. The top 10% pays nearly 70% of all taxes. And again, saying that they're not paying their fair share is true, but it's true the opposite way of what they're saying. Honestly, the opposite is true. They're paying too much. Now, I'm not saying that those who are in the middle or lower ranges should pay more. What I'm saying is our taxes are too high. So if you tell a Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or a Carrie Lockie who are just loaded.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, so true. So true.
1: Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Uh, I'll she be playing win. a party for my son at <laughs> his graduation. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> so um, if you're saying that they're not paying enough, you must be okay with taxes being as high as they are or costs at the government level being as high as they are. You should want lower taxes, lower regulation. You know, we're seeing gas prices in Texas, in my area of Texas, at 4.50 a gallon. It doesn't make any sense. And that has nothing to do with how much Jeff Bezos pays in taxes. There is no relationship there. I don't know Jeff Bezos, and I'm not a fan because of what his rag does, the Washington Post. But he's right. Jeff Bezos can pay an extra billion in taxes this year. My gas, uh, the price of the pump is not going to go down. Neither is yours. Inflation has nothing to do with – we won't suddenly have a bunch of baby formula because Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk pay more in taxes. And they always do this. They say they're fair share because they really feel comfortable, and they're right, unfortunately, that people watching and listening will say, yeah, darn it, you've got too much money, and, and I'm paying too much. Somehow the government has acted like Academy Award-winning caliber acting in such a way to make people think, if I take it from Bezos – And if I take it from Musk, suddenly you're going to have more. Now, Carrie, you and I, this is inarguable, make less money than Bezos and Musk. Uh, Yes. Musk just paid more personal income taxes than anybody in the history of America. Did you get a check? Mm, No, did not. You you didn't get a, it didn't say Musk benefit or anything? Mm, No, nope. So in other words... Without a doubt, it's demonstrable that we have never, ever seen more money in our pockets because the so-called rich, who aren't paying their fair share, because they pay more. In fact, when, when Reagan took office, what was the top tier? Something stupid, like 80 or 90%. And he lowered it down to 28 and it fixed the economy. For some reason, the top rate, being astronomically high, did not help anybody. In fact, it hurt us. And we had hyper-crazy inflation during Carter. You get rid of those high tax rates, suddenly the economic engine starts burning and churning. And now we're talking about that fire will spread to other, and this is a good flame, will spread to other people's barbecues and their fireplaces, and suddenly the trickle-down economics really did work. You don't punish the people who who, who hired those, of, of us like Carrie and me and, and those of you listening and watching. You don't punish them because then they can't hire us they can't give us raises they can't raise wages they can't give us better benefits they can't you you punish the people that employ us and it's going to trickle down to us you give them the benefit of lower taxes lower regulation like under trump and you see the economy explode and bonuses out to to people people bringing businesses back to america we saw that happen that really happened so i wonder those who are watching and listening do you have a counter argument to what i just said do you think Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and the like should pay more in taxes? If so, tell me exactly why. Not because you feel like it, not because they have more money than you, not because it feels right, not because somebody said fair share. Tell me specifically how you benefit from them paying more in taxes. 888-941-PAGS, 888 941 JoePags.com. Stay right here. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com A Motown Monday. Glad to have you. Interesting conversation with Sam during the break. And, and she said that people are more upset about the loopholes that, that are allowed. And they want government to close the loopholes so that people would have to pay. And I use loopholes. Look, I want more loopholes. And I'm going to be as, as clear as I can about this. And I want you guys to understand. I go to work and somebody offers me $50,000 a year. Somehow I take home 35. Why? I want, I want the 50. I want what it is that I made. I want taxes to be as low as possible. I want government to be as low as possible. I want regulations to be as low as possible. And I want them out of our way. I want, I want, I want to be able to go and earn as much as I possibly can. And the more I earn, for some reason there's a progressive tax rate that on the low end you pay nothing. On the high end you pay almost 40%. 40 cents on every dollar after a certain dollar amount just goes to the government because. Well, why is that? Well, for the privilege of earning that kind of money. Well, you didn't help me earn that money. I earned it myself. I worked my way up. I got myself to a place to where my income is better than it used to be. And you're going to punish me exponentially more? It's not even a flat tax rate. I mean, it's progressive, which means it goes from 10 to 17 to 22 or 25 and 31 and 36. It's crazy. They can just raise the amount of tax you pay You know, I remember when Steve Forbes ran for for president, and I thought he was an okay candidate back in like 2000, um, and he had a flat tax rate of 17%. That's it. I think Herman Cain, when he ran, he said 9%. It was like 999 was his plan. So at some point, we have to understand, people complaining about those making more money, not paying enough in taxes, it's BS. If they can find loopholes and they're not really loopholes, they're tax deductions and, and ways to utilize your money for the next benefit of society or the next benefit of your family, they should be able to do that. I mean, I, I understand where the argument comes from, but it's because we've all been indoctrinated to believe that we have to pay a certain amount of taxes, it's only fair. Taxation in and of itself is not fair. It's like property tax. I bought the property and you get to tax me because you feel like it. And then you get to use that money for whatever you want to use it for. And if I don't pay it, you're gonna take my property away. Or income taxes. Oh, I, I want to make my whole fifty thousand this year. Well, no, you can't. You've got to give us ten or fifteen. Well, what if I don't? Well, we just put you in jail. Really? Think think about how the federal government has utilized the tax code to its advantage and how it's been screwing Americans forever. Now I'm not telling you not to pay your taxes, but if there's a legal way in the tax code to pay less taxes, I'm going to. So should you. Well, it's not fair because the rich have more loopholes. Well, the rich are probably, you know, how many people does uh, Amazon employ? I think Walmart employs a million. Carrie, do you know off the top of your head how many people are employed by Amazon?
1: I don't. I can check.
0: Could you look and see if you don't mind, please? Because it's a lot. I mean, there were 25,000 jobs just in New York City that AOC ended up killing, that Amazon was going to bring a whole facility there. So that guy pays a little bit less in taxes, but employs an extra 25,000 people. I'm okay with that. I really am. And I'm not i I'm not a big Jeff Bezos fan. Be honest with you.
1: Globally, uh, 1.6 million employees. One,
0: 1. 1.6 million people work for Amazon and people want him to pay more money. I mean, what are we talking about here? If he paid less money, he might employ 2 million and they're, they're not low wages. What's the starting wage at Amazon? Last I heard it was 14 bucks an hour. It might be higher than that now. 14 an hour, that's almost double the, the, the national minimum wage. So, I mean, can we just stop complaining about people who have done very well for themselves trying to keep more of their own money? I think it's a really good thing. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's literally crazy to me to think that you've got to tax people more because they're making more money and it for some reason makes you feel better. It'll never make. It will never ever make sense to me. No, Sam. I'm not saying that was your opinion. It was a good, a good argument point or good debate point that you brought up. And, and I think I think that it should be talked about because there are a lot of people who who feel that way, and and I I want to break it down in the simplest possible way. No, they shouldn't be paying more in taxes. In fact, they should probably pay less in taxes because it's better for the economy as a whole. Think about it. 1.6 million people. Carrie, do, do all those people pay personal uh, 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 personal taxes or, or their, their daily taxes on their paycheck or their yes. weekly or their bi-weekly? Yeah. Yep. So 1.6 million more people are paying into the tax rolls because this guy is paying a little bit less in taxes and he can employ them. I think, I think that makes sense at the end of the day. I don't know. Call me crazy. No, you, you've been calling me crazy for years. Stop. I know. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Got to remind you about Super Beats. If you are not tried them, you need to try them. You do. Super Beats heart chews taste delicious. They're tasty treat. They give you the energy you need. They're good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, candies for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats heart chews to your morning routine. Promote heart-healthy energy for your entire day. Don't worry about caffeine crashes. Now think about this. They take non-GMO beets, and they inject some grapeseed extract in there, and it just tastes great. Don't know how they do it. It's like magic. Superbeats Heart Chews, clinic, uh, the clinically re- researched grapeseed extract promotes heart healthy energy, normal blood pressure is part of your healthy lifestyle. They will support a, a healthy blood pressure. They'll support healthy circulation, healthy blood flow. You want this. Go and check them out right now. Because you listen to my program, you can get a special deal. You can go right now to joelobesbeats.com, get up to 45% off plus free shipping. It's Lovesbeats.com. It's their best offer available anywhere. Joe com with the forty-five percent off. Go to J O E L O V E S B E E T S dot com. Make that happen right now. You go to the phone lines and we say hello and welcome to line one. It could be Boris in Tennessee. Boris, what's up?
2: Oh, yes. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I um my uh, my my point is that I don't believe anybody needs to be a billionaire. I think they should be taxed more. Uh no one needs uh a you know, no one can buy Uh, 100 pairs of jeans or wear 100 pairs of jeans or have 50 cars it's just excessive it's not necessary
0: how's that your business i
2: don't i don't uh what's that
0: how is that your business
2: it's not my business. I have
0: a business. No, no. How is it your business whether somebody has a billion dollars or not? How is it your business that they have 50 cars? If they earned it themselves and didn't steal it, didn't commit crimes, didn't kill people to get it, how is it your business if they succeeded to this level? Why do you care? How, I, I guess a better question would be, and I don't want to be too confrontational with you, but what you just said was really passive-aggressive and, and, and really didn't make any sense. So, so let me just ask you very directly. How does it hurt you, harm you, if somebody else accrues wealth because of something they did?
2: Well, they did not do it. They had employees that they paid probably substandard wages to earn that wealth. Well, what well, well, what's well, well, it well, a them.
0: substandard wage?
2: $15 an hour doesn't really cut it these days. Really? Like a, not really,
0: no. Well, wow, that's that's it's kind hard. of amazing. So he, he's paying 1.6 million people starting at 14 or 15 an hour, and some of them are making 22 and 30 an hour. That's not enough. How much should he pay them, 1000 an hour? What do you think he should pay them?
2: I think a fair amount would be 20
0: to 25 an hour would be a living wage. But but a, a living wage where? I mean, where do you need 20 or 25 an hour to live? Pretty much
2: anywhere in the United States, unless you unless you live way out in the middle of the country somewhere. Yeah, not not any really. City, New York. Yeah, what you're saying Clark doesn't. Make, city, what
0: County. you're saying doesn't make any sense. What you're saying is coming from a place of jealousy. Don't be jealous. Go and go and succeed for yourself. You don't have to be jealous of somebody else's success. This guy came up with a way to deliver packages from a central location that was a better mousetrap. The guy uh, uh, Elon Musk came up with an electric car and with a SpaceX machine that can go up in the air privately. And he's made a bunch of money off of that. Why, why would you have this sort of jealousy? My God, man, go out and get it for yourself. I mean, you have no dibs on what they make. And if the people don't want to work there for that wage, they should not work there. And then when Bezos and Musk don't have enough employees, they'll pay more money, won't they? Probably well with supply and demand, but that's taking advantage
2: of people. You know, people in other countries work for a pennies an hour and that's
0: just not right right people in other countries work for pennies an hour but these guys are employing people here and their starting wage is well above minimum wage which by the way there shouldn't be a minimum wage it should all be by the market but at the end of the day you've got a problem with them because they've got billions of dollars and you've made a conscious decision that they shouldn't be able to have a bunch of houses or 50 cars or a billion dollars you've made the decision nobody needs that well what do you have Do you have a, do you have a cell phone do you need that do you have an internet connection? Do you really need that? Or do you need, just need to eat and drink every day and you can survive as a human being? What do you have in your life that you don't need? Do you have a nice uh, a rose bush in the front yard? Do you need that? Should I come and be able to take it out? Or maybe we as human beings, especially free human beings, should be able to make whatever decisions we can and succeed to our wildest dreams. Who are you to say what they need?
2: Well, I have a business as well and I employ people. And I think that if you pay them a reasonable amount that they contribute to the economy and that helps right. everybody improve
0: their lives. Right. Everybody at Amazon is getting a reasonable amount and they're all improving the economy and they're donating to the economy. Just quick, quick answer. What was your gross last year?
2: I'm not exactly sure. I have to check with my account. Well, how
0: much do you think? Give me a wild number. Oh, 250. Way too much. You should have only made 75 last year. It was way too much. Get off the phone. All right, Boris. Appreciate you. Keep it here. Coming right back.
1: This is the
0: Joe Peg Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on. Her name is Janae Sergio, and, uh, uh, you reached out to me on Instagram, and and I looked into your story. It looks incredibly intriguing, and I'm glad that you had the time today. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Thank you
0: for having me. You're very welcome. So you're in San Antonio, which is where I'm based. My flagship is in San Antonio. I've got 165 stations beyond that. But um, I'm glad to to really make your acquaintance. I guess this story has been out there in the mainstream for about four years. And me, a guy who does information for a living, had not heard about it. Uh, it Thanks again for reaching out. I'm glad that we got together. So the story is really one that seems extremely unique. Would you agree that there aren't a whole lot of stories like yours?
3: Yes, I would agree.
0: So what were you, where were you like 16? And then you found yourself. You actually start um, uh, in the promotion of your book, which is called Perfectly Flawed. Um, and the promotion of the book starts with, I was 16 and walking the streets of Hollywood looking for direction in my life. I'm like, okay, how'd you get there? So, so let's start from there. H- how did somebody at 16, a young woman, end up in Hollywood? Were you from there? And why were you walking the streets? Uh, fill me in.
3: I'm originally from Southern California. San Bernardino is the town that I'm from. love San Bernardino, by the way. Yes, it's a great town. And I come from two very long lines of family dysfunction. Uh, I never met my father, and my mother was a single mom by the age of 20. She had three children. Um, By the time I got to 16 years old, I kind of went through a series of abuse, verbal and physical abuse, By the time I was 16 years old, my mom, uh, a a tragic incident happened in my life, and my mom decided that she uh, didn't want to deal with me anymore, and she dropped me off at a homeless shelter in Hollywood, California.
0: So she herself wasn't homeless, but she dropped you off at a homeless shelter?
3: Correct. She thought when she first drove me there, she thought that she said she thought that it was a group home. Um, But we got there in the like eight o'clock at night and they it was actually a drop-in shelter so it's the kind of shelter where you get in line at seven o'clock at night if you get a bed you get one if they don't have a bed you don't get one and as she went inside they kind of explained to her what the situation was and she decided that she still wanted to leave me there and after that my life changed forever I had to figure out how to survive as a homeless teenager in Hollywood
0: it's Janae Sergio J-A-N-A-E is her first name Sergio as you would expect perfectly flawed is the name of the book so your does she go there and say I'm her mother but I don't want her anymore and I'm dropping her off here how how does that even go down
3: she did I had a prior to that I had run away trying to escape her abuse I had grown up I had been abused and neglected all of my life I had run away trying to escape her abuse I was sexually assaulted And as a result, she decided that she just didn't want to deal with the situation. And she took me to Hollywood and she dropped me off. Um, When we went inside, she explained to them that she didn't want to have me there anymore. They tried to talk her out of it and tell her she needed to take me home. But she, I guess, just decided I'm going to leave her here. And they couldn't really turn me away that night. The next morning, they took me over to get a case manager and try to get me try to get me some help.
0: Amazing. Uh, now, we've been to to um, uh, um, Pasadena. And then from Pasadena, we would go to San Bernardino. There's a nice casino there. I, I played at the casino there. Um, and, and they're not very close. I mean, that's, that's quite a ride. What made her think, let me take her to Hollywood? Because San Bernardino is not in Hollywood. It's, it's quite a distance. Why, why was that the place?
3: I think the uh, idea was to get me away from everybody so that there was no way for them to find out what she had done. And she was able to spread her own narrative about me and my character. Wow. She had tried, and the first time she tried to take me to San Diego, this was back before cell phones. So the MapQuest directions flew out the window and she wasn't able to find the place. And so we had to go back home. She found a location in Hollywood. And when we got there... I don't know if she knew that it was just a drop-in shelter or she truly thought that it was a group home. But once we got there, she decided that I was hopeful that she would turn around and take me back once right. she realized what it was. But she decided against that, and she went ahead and left me there.
0: Her name is Janae Sergio, J-A-N-A-E, Sergio. The name of the book is Perfectly Flawed. So let's, uh, when you get dropped off at a homeless shelter, they can't make you stay there. You can just get up and leave. Is that what you did? You got up and left?
3: I had nowhere to go. Um, I I felt abandoned. I felt alone. I had nowhere to go. And all I could do was try to figure out how to survive on the streets of Hollywood. And so this is an interesting um, take on life because I I have this saying, it's treat everyone as if they're superior to you because in some way they are. And I learned that very quickly when I became homeless because I now needed to rely on the people who had been homeless longer than me for me to learn how to survive the streets. And that's what I did.
0: Wow. Uh, it's an interesting saying, isn't it? Uh, treat everybody as if they're superior to you. Because if you and I meet and I'm treating you that way and you're treating me that way, there's there's an absolute sense of respect, isn't there?
3: Yes, sir.
0: It's, it's a very. Did you come up with that?
3: I did not. When I was doing transition out of the military, uh, that was one of the speeches that we got. And it just resonated because it brought me back to when I was homeless and how important that message is. Um, because you just never know when you're going to need that person next to you. help you out. And so it is just a common respect that you share with one another.
0: Perfectly flawed is the name of the book. Her name is Janae Sergio. So so let me ask you, you don't look like somebody who would be a homeless person. This is not to denigrate homeless people, but generally speaking, you've got people who have mental illness. You've got people who hit a a really, really hard hard spot in their lives and just can't rebound from it. Maybe they are military veterans that are disabled and being discarded, which is disgusting. And in California, especially, they really treat homeless people like garbage. Uh, you've got a lot of drugs in that in that life. You've got a lot of uh, sex trafficking in that life. So how does somebody who's a 16-year-old young lady who, again, doesn't generally speaking fit the characteristics of who we would think of as a homeless person, how do you survive that?
3: I'll start with it was my faith in God. And it was my belief that this is not where I belong. I The first day that I got to the homeless shelter, I came across a young girl who was my age. Her body was completely degraded. She was already roped into the sex trafficking trade. She was addicted to heroin, very heavily addicted to heroin, and she kind of gave me a speech about her situation, and she explained to me how she got lured into that. So with that at the forefront of my mind, in all of my decision-making, along with my fear of God, I was able to avoid the several attempts, very obvious attempts now as an adult, yeah. um, to lure me into sex trafficking as well as to try to get me addicted to drugs. I I definitely tell several stories in my book about that because typically there's this mental model that, um, sex trafficking happens just by ripping the person off the street, but that's not typically how it happens. It's usually someone who puts themselves in a position of trust and,
0: and they're grooming they you for of- it. They're literally gr- grooming you for drugs yeah. and for sex. They're, they they're grooming exactly. you to make you what they need you to be on the street.
3: Exactly. Yes.
0: Were you able to avoid that wholeheartedly?
3: I absolutely was. I absolutely was. The first person that tried was actually a security guard at one of the free clinics. Wow. And the second person was a a woman who was a a girl my age who was placed in the shelter to as a mule to try and lure me in. And so I remember them both very clearly. I'm sure there were other attempts, but those two were, they kind of stick out. And so I go over those in the book and how, how they attempted to lure me in.
0: The name of the book is perfectly flawed. Her name is Janae Sergio. So let's. How did you, you end up in, in the military? And you know, you're going to war with Afghanistan. I mean, what? It, that is just an unbelievable. It's almost like a different planet. You're you're homeless on the streets of Hollywood, abandoned by mom. You don't know where dad is. I uh, don't know him at all. And and now you're on an aircraft carrier about to take out the bad guys that attacked us on 9/11. Fill me in. How do you get there?
3: It started with a cheeseburger from Carl's Jr. Oh, come
0: on. By the way, I love Carl's Jr. People say in and out. I'm a Carl's Jr. guy, but go ahead. (laughs) They
1: they
3: got me with that. One of my good friends had, I I was, you know, because I was homeless in Hollywood, I had burgundy hair, I had long nails, I was working in clothing stores on Melrose Avenue, and one of my friends, but I didn't know what the future held for me, and I had tried everything I could to progress my life and to change my story, but the, the system was working against me. And one of my friends had joined the Navy and she was like, the recruiter wants to talk to you. We'll take you out for a free lunch at Carl's Jr. I was like, sign me up. I would love it. And um, I went there and I met with the recruiter. He said that he described the Navy warship as like a cruise ship. And I was naive because I didn't really know much about the military. I was busy trying to live and survive. Um, And so he said it was like the cruise ship, you'll travel the world. You'll always be next to the ocean. And so I went ahead and I gave it a try.
0: And, this hap- was uh, this after 9-11 or before?
3: This was before 9-11. Okay. I joined during peacetime. And I actually, I don't know if you remember, the Pearl Harbor movie was um, premiered on the flight deck of the Stennis.
0: I do and remember so I that. Was, That's the Ben Affleck movie, right?
3: Yes. And all so right. I was actually on board. During that time, I was ship's company. We went to Hawaii and we met all of the stars. I met Ben Affleck, Kate Beckinsale, nice. uh, Josh Harnett great time after that i thought this is wonderful i could do this forever we stayed in hawaii for several weeks and we were meeting a lot like celebrities a few months later is when 9-11 happened and we were the first ones shipped off to um kick off
0: operation enduring freedom what was the the aircraft carrier
3: i was on the stennis
0: okay so so you tennis. so you all were the first to be sent to to the gulf to the persian gulf
3: we were. There was already an aircraft carrier over there. Uh, I believe it was the Roosevelt. Right. And we shipped out about a month later.
0: So did you know what the job was going to be? By the way, it's Janae Sergio. J-A-N-A-E is how she spells her first name. Sergio, last name. Follow her over on, on Instagram. she got a huge following there. TikTok, a huge following there. The book is called Perfectly Flawed. So you go from, you know, a hobnobbing with, with, uh, with Ben and Kate. And now you're over in the Persian Gulf. Did you know that you were sort of the first line of attack to go get the bad guys to do
3: So I didn't know when I signed up that that's what I was signing up for right. when I joined the Navy. I mean, transparently. However, when we did leave, we had just come from watching the movie Pearl Harbor. So we understood what battle on a ship and battle at sea looked like. And yeah. so that was at the forefront of my mind as we pulled away from port in San Diego was this is the potential, this is what could happen to us. And so I understood the mission. I understood what we were going there for. We were extremely patriotic. 9-11 had just happened, so we felt extremely patriotic. This was an important mission. Um, I was a little afraid, uh, but my pride of country and my pride in Serving this country was greater than that.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Janae. Why why do you have that pride in country knowing that you had it really, really hard from being a very young girl through your teen years and then through signing for the Navy? Did you in that entire time love the country, sort of wave the American flag and and wrap yourself in it? Or or did that come with you joining?
3: That came with me joining look at where I came from to where I am now, after I joined the military, I was like, wow, this is the land of opportunity. There really is a chance for you to go from being homeless on the streets to at that time, I felt very elevated in life. I felt like I was in a great place in my life. And so I love the country and I love the opportunities that are available in this country. And I don't think that if I lived in some other, there are a lot of other countries that if I lived in, I don't think there is any way I could have taken myself from being homeless to where I am today.
0: The name of the book is Perfectly Flawed, and it's Janae Sergio. So you're on the aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf. What many people don't remember is that, and you were telling this before we started today, that the air assault is what started first, and that was launched from your ship, right?
3: It was launched from my ship, yes. We, the Roosevelt was uh, performing day combat operations, and the Stennis was performing night combat operations. So we were do- doing operations. Combat operations around the clock for 112 days straight.
0: Wow. It it must have been amazing to be part of that. Did you think it was going to last 20 years? I didn't think that was going to last 20 years. I
3: didn't think it was going to last 20 years, and it was really challenging um, just coming to terms with the way things, uh, I guess you could say, ended.
0: No, I, I'm with you, and, and, and listen, I'm somebody who comment, uh, comments on things, and I'm an editorialist, but I thought we'd be in there a year max, yep. just take care of the bad guys, and 19 more years added on top of that didn't make any sense, and then, of course, leaving, and, and I'll, I'll do the commentary part. I won't ask you for your opinion on that, but leaving Afghanistan the way we did was just ridiculous. It's Janae um, uh, Sergio. Go and get her book. It's called Perfectly Flawed. It's on Amazon. It's everywhere, right? Yes,
3: sir. It's on okay. Amazon. Uh, best-selling book.
0: So you're in the Navy. And somehow now you're the boss of like the Air Force hotel system. What is is this job and how does this happen, Janae? Fill me in.
3: So I I was in the Navy. I served eight years active duty. After I got off the ship, I went to be a a mentor. And then I transitioned out of the military after eight years. I have served as a civilian for the Navy since then. Um, And during the pandemic, I saw a great opportunity come up for the chief of Air Force lodging. I applied for it and I was actually selected in the middle of the pandemic to move from Hawaii to San Antonio and assume the position as the Chief of Air Force Lodging. So I oversee 88, Air Force
0: inns. Wow. So, so you're overseeing all of these inns. Uh, Obviously the Air Force has Lackland uh, here in San Antonio. I'm guessing that's, that's why it would be based here. But how did you know even how to do that job? They were like, well, let's get her because she was on the air, uh, the aircraft carrier and and she was active duty in the Navy. It only makes sense that she can do the lodging now. I mean, how does that even happen?
3: Uh, It's my, it's more so my logistics, my supply chain background, but uh, most importantly, my budget background. The Air Force lodging recently became a self-sustaining um, enterprise, and so we, uh, we don't get funding from the defense budget. And so I need, we needed somebody with a financial acumen in order to run Air Force lodging. So and, that's and, really and what,
0: what is that? To- is that for new recruits and where to put them up, their families, and where they're going to stay if you're in the Air Force when you go? Play- what is Air Force lodging? If I didn't have any clue, and I don't, uh, well, what would you say? What, what is it?
3: Um, The Air Force lodging supports all airmen and guardians and their families in their PCS transitioning. Um, Anytime they go TDY, they go to perform uh, a mission in a different location. We have um, facilities overseas. So in Germany, in uh, Japan, South Korea, we have them all over the world. And everywhere that the airmen go, they need a place to sleep. Unlike the Navy, we actually bring our our place to sleep with us nice and so it, it's where all airmen and guardians go to stay
0: it's a uh, janae sergio janae sergio get her book called perfectly flawed I got off into the military stuff because I'm very interested in that but having said that I've got maybe 20 30 seconds here Janae uh, the story your story is one of you had choices in life and those choices could have taken you down a really bad road and who knows if you'd even be with us today um, or you can take the journey of there is opportunity you can fix some wrongs that are happening in your life and you can still succeed and have a, and have a happy life. That's what I'm getting from you. Am I right? Yes.
3: Yes. My, my story is one that don't wait for someone to come and rescue you there. It doesn't mean that people don't want to help you. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't help other people. But what it means is that if you sit and you wait for someone to come and rescue you, you're going to fall into a victim mindset, be your own hero.
0: And your social media stuff all seem to be very, very positive, which I like. Um, And hopefully people will get that positivity from you. Go follow her everywhere. It's J-A-N-A-E, Janae. And last name is Sergio on Instagram, on TikTok, and whatever other social you can find her on. Um, And I want you to go get the book, too. It's Perfectly Flawed is the name of the book. You can get it on Amazon and other places that you get books. And Janae, come back on. I love the story, and I'm really glad that you reached out.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You, You bet. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pegg Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. We appreciate Janae coming on. What an incredible story. Could have gone up all sorts of sideways, and you did it right. Go and get that book, Perfectly Flawed. Let's do some pop culture. All right, brother, what's happening, Polo? So you were just talking about this earlier. Um, actor Ezra Miller was, um, I guess back in March, was basically threatening cops, threatening cops with a hate crime for getting... Uh, their pronouns wrong. Oh, wow. Come on. I guess there's body cam footage uh, that surfaced from a march incident where Miller allegedly went after several bar patrons and getting busted for disorderly conduct and harassment. Uh, the, I guess the footage also shows where the, the officer refers to him as sir and then Ezra gets mad and says, I'm not a sir,
1: I'm a transgender non-binary. And then, and then the the cop says I was just trying to be respectful. But he says if you fail to do that again, it's an act of intentional bigotry, and it's a technical hate
0: crime according to the U.S. federal law. Oh, give me a break! Yeah, gotta get out of here. That's Polo. That's Sam. That's Kerry. him. Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Joe Peg Show. Yeah.